0: And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend, we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. That's
1: right. Hope you're having a great weekend, Dr. Linda. And as you listen today, you may not be having the best weekend or you didn't have a great week. And one reason for that could be because of Depression. Depression affects an estimated 17.3 million adults in the United States, and this means that 7.1% of adults are fighting depression. So today, we're going to talk about depression, specifically how you can help yourself feel better.
0: Major depression really is one of the most common mental disorders in the United States, and those numbers are pretty astounding when you read them, Chris. Mm. It needs to be treated because it can really interfere with your life and cause distress. It can ruin relationships, it can cause problems at work, affect the way you eat and sleep. And if you don't treat depression, things just get worse in your physical body as well.
1: Understand that depression has physical implications.
0: It does. We know that if you are depressed and you don't treat it, again, I want to keep saying that if you don't treat it, it can make recovery from a stroke or a heart attack more difficult or something you might not think about. But people who are depressed don't usually follow doctor's care The care things that they're told to do very well because you're just you're feeling so bad, you don't take care of yourself. And that puts a person more at risk for health issues.
1: Now, during this program, we're going to limit the conversation to adults right. and discuss some approaches to depression that are not medication based. Not everyone needs or even wants to take an antidepressant.
0: And this doesn't mean we are, are against medication or antidepressants. We're not saying that at all. I am not against the appropriate use of those, but I'm also an advocate of the whole person treatment. And that includes looking at our lifestyle, our mind, body, spirit connections in terms of helping ourselves. And for some people, antidepressants just aren't that effective. So we're gonna look at this broadly, Chris. We're gonna look at the whole person and some things you can do.
1: Related to the mind and the body, have you ever had a gut-wrenching experience or felt butterflies in your stomach?
0: So yes to both of those. Mm -hmm. And that's because your gut is sensitive to emotions. I don't think people think about that, it's, your gut and emotions.
1: I find it to be amazing how the two are just connected.
0: Yeah. So the brain uh, has a direct effect on the stomach and intestines. For example, the very thought of eating. So if you're just thinking about eating, you can release stomach juices before the food even gets there. Mm-hmm. That's how connected the brain and the gut are. You might have heard the gut referred to as the second brain. Have you ever heard that phrase? <laughs> that is one of the things that people say. The gut isn't capable of thoughts. It doesn't mean your your gut is thinking. Mm-hmm. But it does communicate with your brain. Our two brains actually talk to each other.
1: My stomach does growl, which...
0: Is that talking? I think it is, yeah. It's talking to your brain? <laughs>
1: exactly. It's saying, do
0: something. <laughs> right.
1: Well, then what does this have to do with depression? Isn't it just chemicals in your head?
0: It's really more complicated than that. It's not as simple as sometimes we make it. You you don't fix depression by just correcting a chemical imbalance. And I know a lot of people think of depression as a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. There are chemicals that are imbalanced in there, but it is more complex. And your gut is related to mood, and it has to do with the biology of depression.
1: So you're saying that the brain-gut communication has something to do with our mental health and specifically depression.
0: Yes, the gut depression have some interesting connections to each other. Specifically, if you have, and this is newer research, if you have low levels of specific bacteria in your gut, that might be related to an increase in depression.
1: Before we go forward with this, we need to say that this idea about gut bacteria and depression is still controversial, it's new, and not necessarily well understood right now.
0: Right, and so we're trying to follow the science, and there's some really interesting studies that are being done about this, and they're discovering new things. We do know, we do know, though, that the gut does affect your mood. We're just not really clear exactly as to how it all works.
1: The theory is that bacteria in your gut could help or hurt you when it comes to depression.
0: That's the current thinking. And there's uh, some research that's been published in the journal Nature Microbiology. What they found was there's two groups of bacteria that when they didn't see them in certain people, those people had depression. And even if they were taking antidepressants, they still noticed this lack of gut bacteria. In other words, there were two types of bacteria that were absent from the guts of people with a diagnosis of depression as I said, even applied to people who are taking antidepressants. So that's fascinating to me because just think about it. If we could identify things that were going on in the gut and then find maybe a probiotic or some type of food that would help somebody that might improve their depression.
1: Who would have thought that your diet in that regard? Right, (laughs) right. But that's the
0: new kind of of cutting edge look at depression.
1: And in people with no depression, uh, did they find good bacteria?
0: They did. And they found these two types of bacteria that were very consistently associated with people who did not have depression and reported a higher quality of life. So I think that's just fascinating.
1: But hasn't much of the work on depression and the gut been in animals instead of uh, people and mostly it's theory?
0: It has. And that's one of the reasons why we're not saying this is really clear science yet, but there was a really big study that used humans and they didn't say that your gut bacteria is causing depression. They just know there's some association with that. So the interesting part, the takeaway for people is maybe look at the different diets, how you're dieting, what your habits are around food, and maybe that can affect the gut, which we call the microbiome sometimes. Again, lots of good research on that. Maybe diet reinforces depression in ways that we haven't considered, but... We're certainly not saying, Just go take a probiotic and you're going to lose your depression. That is, we're not saying that, so <laughs> right. I want to be clear about that. But we are looking at the effect of the gut as it relates to depression.
1: Really, diet could make you feel better if you are depressed.
0: Right. I would say if you have depression, try eating a diet that's largely plant-based it includes a variety of plant foods. And you have to use some diversity in those plant foods because, again, the more diversity you have, the more different types of bacteria are going into your gut, the good kind, and it, it's better. So try cabbage, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, tomatoes. Basically, Chris, you want a diet that's low in processed foods and rich in plant foods, vegetables, fruits, legumes, nuts, grains that would support diversifying your gut hmm. and maybe giving you those types of bacteria that could be helpful to making you feel better.
1: In your, uh, your book, Living Beyond Pain, you discuss that more plant-based diet also takes down inflammation.
0: And because we think that inflammation is related to so many diseases, it really can't hurt. It's also true that the brain has levels of inflammatory proteins in it, and those are elevated in people with depression. So inflammation may trigger depression too, another area that we're looking at from a research point of view. Using your diet to lower inflammation could help.
1: So the advice then is to, to eat the fruits, the vegetables, whole grains, fish, olive oil, that type of thing, low fat dairy and antioxidants, as opposed to animal foods to lower the risk of depression.
0: Look, it's worth a try. That's all we're saying is if your diet is characterized by a high consumption of red meat, processed foods, a lot of refined grains, sweets, high-fat dairy products, butter, potatoes, high-fat gravy, and you don't have a lot of, like, fruits and vegetables that have been shown to be associated with an increased risk of depression, then maybe changing your diet, that would be one way that you can begin to do a lifestyle change that could help you feel better in your life. I think it's worth a try for most people.
1: Right. Well, I'll grab a carrot. All right. And so let's take a short break. (laughs) And when we return, more lifestyle ways to help depression. Hey, it's Chris from the Dr. Linda Mental Radio Show. Dr. Linda's latest book is titled Living Beyond Pain. It gives practical tools to anyone who is living with chronic pain and wants to get his or her life back on track. Recently, Dr. Linda's listeners had questions about pain, and she answers those questions with tips from her book, Living Beyond Pain. Hi Doctor Linda. I was wondering if pain is really affected by the mind and if there are any certain types of
0: therapies that would help with that. A pain specialist or a therapist who understands chronic pain, just what you're saying, Chris, that it pain is in the brain and that part of the brain where perception is needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. Pain can be affected by thoughts and feelings and behaviors. So there are specific evidence-based treatments that really do help with pain. One of them is called cognitive behavior therapy, another one is acceptance and commitment therapy. You can also learn relaxation methods that will really help with pain. And the changes in lifestyle such as exercise, eating a better diet, all of those things do help with pain. But there is help that has been specifically found to be successful with chronic pain. Another one of those is called mindfulness-based stress reduction. You can read more about them in the book. We do talk a little bit about what the goal of each of those therapies is and how those therapies can actually help you with the perception of pain.
1: Hey, thanks, Dr. Linda. If you would like a copy of Dr. Linda Mental's book, Living Beyond Pain, go to drlindamental.com or you can find Living Beyond Pain anywhere books are sold online. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today's topic is Lifestyle Helps to Fight Depression. And we've got a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. And that's where you'll find her blogs, books, and you can connect on social media. And remember, you can listen to our podcasts anytime on iTunes.
0: That's right. Listen to our iPod.
1: That's right. Take oh, wait f-
0: with your iPod. Listen to our iTunes <laughs> on your iPod. Let me get that right. right.
1: Go for a jog. We're right there. <laughs> you, so. And check out Dr. Linda's latest book, Living Beyond Pain, to help anyone struggling with pain get their life back. And today, Dr. Linda, we've talked about the importance of an anti-inflammatory diet. What is next in terms of lifestyle as it relates to depression?
0: Now, we're not saying that if you do these things, it's going to completely get rid of your depression. We're Mm -hmm. saying these are things that can help and things that you can control as part of a lifestyle change that you can make. So, number one, guess what number one would be? Uh, Diet. Exercise. It Mm. elevates mood, it boosts your self-esteem, and it can lower your stress. It increases relaxation, and related to depression, it does decrease the symptoms of depression because it releases those feel-good hormones, those good endorphins. It also, just as a side, helps with balance, energy levels, and feeling more flexible too. So exercise has multiple, Mm -hmm. multiple benefits.
1: Lots of benefits to mood, but when you're depressed, here's my question. Who feels like exercising? It's the last thing you want to do.
0: I know. And that is the issue. You do want to just kind of stay in bed Mm. and not really move that much. But we're looking at ways to change your lifestyle that will help you feel better. And this one's a big one.
1: Even though you may not feel like it, you just have to force yourself to get up, get out of bed and exercise.
0: Right. It's going to make a difference. If you do it and you force yourself to do it, it's going to make a difference. Here's how. Daily exercise eases symptoms of depression by increasing levels of serotonin. Now serotonin is the happy chemical or the neurotransmitter that contributes to people feeling better and contributes to happiness. If you have low levels of serotonin, anything you can do to boost this in a natural way is really good. It's found in the brain, but guess where 90% of your serotonin is?
1: Don't say the gut. It is the gut. That's where it is. <laughs> See, the brain and the gut. These two brains are working together That's again. Right. That's huh. right.
0: And those natural endorphins that are released in the brain make you feel better. So exercise also helps you get out of your head. Have you ever noticed that? Mm. And the negative thoughts that you're having that often come with depression, if you go do something physical and exercise, you get away from that.
1: Well, let's face it. When you exercise, it helps you socialize with others. Maybe you get out and walk the dog and see people around the neighborhood who you'll uh, smile and talk to when you go for a short run or a walk.
0: Right, you don't have to work out in a gym. You can walk, you can bicycle, you can golf, garden, wash your car, or do anything you enjoy. The point is if you get up and you get active, it's gonna make a difference. So small things like take stairs instead of the elevator, park farther away from the store that you're going into, do whatever you can to increase your physical movement and just watch how it makes you feel better.
1: How much exercise do you need in one
0: day? If you do 30 minutes a day for at least five days a week, you're gonna feel better. And you can break that 30 minutes up into 10 to 15 minute periods and you'll still get the benefit. I find that that's more helpful to me because if I'm at work and I take Mm -hmm. 10 minutes and I just walk around the building, then I'm getting that exercise in and it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the gym and I can't get there today. Right. But you have to keep doing it in order to get the benefit.
1: I think it helps not to think of exercise as a chore or something that you can only do at the Y or the gym.
0: That's right. Again, it's making it a part of your lifestyle. So you can choose something that you enjoy, something that you can sustain over time.
1: And it will help you sleep at the end of the day.
0: That's one of the best benefits with exercise is that it does normalize your sleep patterns and it improves your outlook by returning you to normal activities like sleeping better. Hmm. And the health benefits are just many. It protects against heart disease and diabetes. It lowers blood pressure. It also grows nerve cells in the brain, which help relieve depression. So just start with five minutes of exercise a day and see how you feel.
1: So many of us are looking for all-natural ways to fight depression, and this is about as all-natural as you can get. That's right. You mentioned sleep. How important is getting a good night of sleep to fighting depression?
0: Insomnia really increased the risk of depression, and sleep disturbance has a huge impact on your mood, the way you think, and how motivated you feel. So you have to get good sleep to live in good health and mental health.
1: But doesn't depression cause sleep problems?
0: It does, it does. So that's one of the things we assess when we're assessing depression is if you're sleeping more or sleeping less. And if you have insomnia and you don't treat it, your risk of depression really increases. Insomnia is really common among depressed people. So you need to make sure that you don't have a sleep problem like obstructive sleep apnea. And that's the condition, you know, in which you wake up frequently Mm. and briefly through the night. If you have a medical cause for your sleep problems and you treat it, the benefit of that is it's going to help your depression as well.
1: What's the connection there?
0: Disrupted sleep, for any reason, can lead to emotional changes. It's a mental health marker for mood. So you need to rule out any medical cause for poor sleep first, then work on ways to get better sleep. Improve your sleep improve your mental health.
1: Okay, well, uh, how about some suggestions?
0: Calm your mind before Mm -hmm. bedtime by meditating on the Lord, relaxing your body, have a bedtime routine to unwind. That means probably turning off the electronics by a certain time, turning off the lights, the noise, the distractions like TV. You know, the blue light in the screens that you look at a lot of times when you're in bed overstimulates the mind and suppresses melatonin, which is the hormone that helps you sleep. So people need to turn off those screens, make sure the room is dark, maybe read a book or your Bible, get comfortable, do some deep breathing, maybe a relaxation technique. I've done some of these many times. Sometimes when I just can't sleep, I'll just focus on God and I'll pray and try to become very relaxed. Focusing on relaxing your body is going to help relax your mind.
1: If you can't sleep, should you you toss and turn and keep trying to fall asleep because It seems like it makes it worse.
0: It usually does make it worse because now you're worked up over not sleeping, right? So (laughs) you're trying to, you're just focusing on, I got to get to sleep. I got to get to sleep. So I've talked to sleep experts about this many times and they say it's better to get up, move to another room and do something low key like reading or listening to music. Then when you feel more relaxed, just return to your bedroom to sleep. The idea is then you're helping your brain only associate your bed with sleeping.
1: I had heard once that if you get outside every day, that helps sleep. Explain that.
0: So sunlight is full of vitamin D, which also enhances your mood. Sunlight helps your circadian rhythms recalibrate and get back into a rhythm it needs. If you can't get out, just open your curtains or sit in the sunshine by a window where you can. A lot of people are very low on vitamin D, and they need to get their levels checked Mm -hmm. and maybe start taking vitamin D if they're low, and it would help their mood.
1: Well, that's good advice, Dr. Linda. And on that note, we need to take a short break. But when we return, how does faith help depression?
0: The other night, I had an interesting conversation with friends at dinner. We were talking about the idea that Bible stories were not just nice stories, but they were there to help us relate to difficulties when they come. Now, I know this wasn't exactly a new thought. I know we know this, but how often do we think about what we are going through and actually place our life stories in the context of those Bible stories? So here's what we did. We took turns and we related a current issue that we were each having to a specific Bible story. Then we used those stories to encourage one another. So for example, one of my friends had a relationship with his boss that felt a lot like David's relationship with Saul. One moment the boss was praising him and giving him assignments. The next moment the fiery spears would fly. Like David, he trusted God for his tomorrow. He often wondered about the timing of God's intervention, but trusted that God was working on his behalf and the plans God had for him were good. Another friend related to Joseph. She was in a job, unappreciated, and felt thrown to the side while others ascended and were promoted. She could really relate to being in the prison of neglect and rejection, hoping and praying that the... King, the boss, would remember her and release her from false charges that caused the rejection. Like Joseph, she believed God would restore what was lost. By the end of the dinner, we were laughing and smiling. Life may have thrown us a few curves, but we were determined to react to those curves like the people of faith Who went before us. So, the next time you need a little encouragement, hey, grab that Bible storybook and think about the lessons we teach our children. Those stories aren't just for kids, they can really encourage us too.
1: You're listening to The Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website, drlindamental.com, or online where books are sold. Please check out her latest book, written with physician Dr. James Cribbs, called Living Beyond Pain. It's helping a lot of people get their life back. Dr. Linda, speaking of getting your life back, today we're talking about lifestyle ways to fight depression. There's been lots of research that says faith helps depression. So let's talk about the role of faith as part of an overall lifestyle to fight depression.
0: And we're really talking, Chris, about the things that people can do. And again, we're not saying that you should never take a medication or that antidepressants are problematic. We're just saying that a lot of people can help themselves by making changes in the way they live their life. And obviously, faith is a very important part of a lot of people's lives. And because you have faith, It doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle with depression. All we have to do is read the Psalms and see how David was depressed at times. Some people are just more prone to depression based on their biology, maybe their life experiences. But your faith does help you fight depression. And it concerns me that faith and religion are being taken out of our culture, as faith is key to helping a lot of people fight depression. In fact, just holding a belief in God makes you twice as likely as someone who does not believe respond to treatments better. Have you ever heard that?
1: Actually, no, I'm not.
0: I know. So that was a very interesting finding to me that if you believe in God, so why are we taking God out of the picture in so many areas of our culture when so many people are helped by having that faith in God?
1: Right. And uh, like you mentioned, having depression doesn't mean you lack faith or have some type of spiritual shortcoming.
0: And I'm glad you said it again, because depression does not mean you have a spiritual deficit or it's a result of sin in your life. Here's what you have to remember. Focus your mind on God's truth and the spiritual help in the Bible. A couple of verses in Matthew 11 say, and this is Jesus talking. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is life." Basically in that passage, Christ is inviting us to be in a relationship with him to help fight those struggles in our life. And one of those struggles for a lot of people is fighting depression.
1: And doesn't faith actually change our brain?
0: It does. There's a thickening of the brain cortex that happens when you're involved in religious activities, and that's a good thing to improve your mood
1: and your faith usually means that you're around people who provide life support
0: and I think that's so important that's really key to fighting depression you have to have social support and the church is a great place to find that isolation is really bad for depression or for any of us for that matter when we're isolated we easily get discouraged I think isolation is a lot of times, don't you, where the enemy really focuses Mm. in on us. Mm -hmm. We we sort of had thoughts that come into our mind that are very negative. And sometimes Christians just try to project this confidence and victory when they're actually really in need and they really need to talk to people. So one of the issues in the church is that we really need to be honest with each other and recognize that some of our Christian friends are struggling and they need encouragement and they need our support
1: for many people their faith in the church uh, it's a lifeline
0: i mean isn't it important to you i I know you were very involved in the church that we were in together before Mm -hmm. you moved and those are people you can talk to and can help you and i get concerned when i hear that a depressed person isn't connected to a church and doesn't at least have the opportunity to get that support if that's you don't isolate yourself in fact, I would say force yourself to get involved in a local church because it can only help you.
1: That's the first thing we did when we moved was, first of all, found a place to live. And then, and then but, we found, found a church to go right, to. Right, mm-hmm. That
0: connection is so important.
1: What about those who do say, I don't feel like going to church or, or getting involved?
0: Well, that's usually how you feel when you're depressed. You don't want to get involved. But this is one of the lifestyle helps. And so we're trying to encourage you if you're thinking that. Maybe you've been burned by a church before. Maybe you're not sure that anybody will understand how you're feeling. But here's a strategy that works with depression. It's called behavioral activation. But what it really means is just do the opposite of what you feel. Hmm. So when you're depressed, you want to pull back from life and you want to give up on your responsibilities at home and at work, but don't. Instead, stay involved, have daily responsibilities. This will help you maintain a lifestyle that will counter that depression. That means go to church, try to get yourself involved in a small group. They'll ground you, they'll give you a sense of accomplishment, they'll give you social support, they'll help you not feel isolated or lonely. And those are key risk factors for depression.
1: Well, in terms of lifestyle, I think you and I would say joining the church would be top on the list of things to do. But uh, what are some others?
0: Also with relationships, keep in regular contact with your friends and your family. Maybe join a class or a group or some type of hobby that you can Hmm. get out and make yourself go to. Get social support by volunteering. That is one of the best ways to get satisfaction, and it actually helps people get out of depression when they're volunteering and they're helping others. And one of the ones you hear a lot about, and you see them on airplanes now, is bond with a pet, right? (laughs) (laughs) Physically, you know, just having a two-legged friend or a four-legged friend can really help calm us, and it reduces that anxiety and the issues involved in depression. But staying in the Word and keeping your faith active are really key. The Christian story is one of hope. It brings purpose to people's lives.
1: Let's talk about that one as we wrap up the show. Purpose and how important that is to fighting depression.
0: When you keep your focus on God's purpose for your life and you remind yourself that as long as you have breath, he has something for you to do to fulfill his plan for your life. Just meditate on that for a while. People who have a strong sense of purpose handle life's ups and downs a little bit better. You can handle a difficult day knowing there's hope for a better tomorrow. Don't give up no matter how bad you feel today. God has more to do with you and for you and wants you living in his hope. Do what you can to fight depression through lifestyle changes that we've mentioned today, like diet, exercise, sleep, connecting with others. Then feed your soul with God's word and promises. The psalmist asks, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why so disturbed within me? But then he tells us, Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He puts his hope in God and praises him despite how he feels. Then he says, Chris, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. Of all the lifestyle changes you can make, the most important one is to stay hopeful in God. He has a purpose and a plan for you. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintle, our engineer, and my co host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better